Fibber, McGee, and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutton. Join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Any of you folks take stock in that old expression that no news is good news? I don't think there are many people who do. No news is definitely not good news, especially for anyone who's ever been away from home. There are some people who have been suddenly called away from home and loved ones at one time or another, and those people know from experience that there's nothing quite as important during those days of separation as mail. Any man or woman in the armed services will tell you the only call that takes precedence over mess call is mail call. And believe me, when a letter from home is more important to a hungry GI than food, you know that it means something. The action, the strain, the anxieties of war can keep a soldier's mind occupied, but when the letdown comes, the time to relax, that's when morale needs a shot in the arm. Keep those letters going. Those men and women in the service don't believe that no news is good news. When the Wistful Vista Elks Club throws its big New Year's Eve show Thursday night, one of the star attractions will be Mr. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista in a revival of his famous, he claims, old vaudeville hack. But like all great artists, he's having his troubles right now. And I tried Kramer at the drugstore and even old man McDonald at the Third National Bank, Molly. Gee whiz, kiddo, I don't know what to do. You still haven't found anybody brave enough to stand up on that stage with you and ask you who was that lady I seen you with last night, huh? No. I explained to him how it don't hurt him when I hit him over the head with this old felt hat so the joke gets a laugh. I even showed him. You showed them that, did you? Yeah, and that's when they all say they're too busy or they're going to be out of town or something. <laughs> well, don't you worry, dear. You'll find somebody. Say, did you try more tubes? More tubes? You think I'd do a class of vaudeville act like I used to do with Fred Nittany? The guy that him and me used to do a vaudeville act together and got rave notices everywhere he played that if I hadn't lost my scrapbook, I'd show him to you with a no-talent, second-rate moron like more <laughs> tubes. <laughs> he said no, too, eh? Yeah. Doggone it. I got to have a straight man, Molly. I can't do this act alone. It's not that kind of act. I know. It takes two people to tell them jokes, you know. Like I showed you some samples of yesterday. Yes, I remember. One fellow says, what kind of vegetables do you grow in a beer garden? And the other fellow says, stewed tomatoes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to use that one. Everybody seems to know the answer before I finish the question. I'm putting in number 63 instead. 63? You mean you have your jokes numbered? Oh, sure. We kept all our jokes numbered so we could find one in a hurry. Like in case one joke didn't go over good, I'd slap on a sailor hat and sing anchors away while Fred ran back in the dressing room and look up another one. Oh, you thought of everything, didn't you? Look, Gary, I've got to run over to Monica Miller's and return her roaster, so if you're going to be around... Hey, wait, before you go, let me read you a couple of these gags. Here, look. Here's one Fred and I used to open the act with. We'd come out in cowboy hats, and I'd say to Fred, Hi, dude, I hear you just got married. And he'd say, That's right, Tex, but don't call me dude anymore. And I'd say, Why not? And he'd say, Because I'm subdued now. <laughs> oh, my. Very funny, dearie. Well, I'll see you later. Monica's waiting for me. Yeah. If you thought that was funny, listen to this. But, dearie... This one will murder you. Listen. Why is a mother-in-law... 
Stay by the bell. I'm going out the back way, dearie. You see who it is. Be back in an hour. Bye. But, but, boy, she sure was in a hurry. Well, come in. It's me, Mr. McGee. Oh, hi, Wimp. I dropped by to return the book I borrowed last week while I was staying with you. Oh, well, I'm glad you did, Wimp. I've been looking all over town for you. I called your house six times this morning. I know. I heard the phone ring. Well, why didn't someone answer it? Well, a sweetie face couldn't because she was out. Mm-hmm. I overslept and she was having her breakfast at the corner drugstore. Well, what about you? Oh, I was locked in the closet, Mr. McGee. My, your Christmas tree is lovely. Yeah. Look, Wimp, you've probably heard about how I'm going to do my old vaudeville act at the Elks Club New Year's Eve party tomorrow night. I guess everybody's talking about it. Oh, indeed they are, Mr. McGee. But don't you care. You do it anyway. It's a free country. Betcha. Are you really going to juggle Indian clubs? Sure. While sitting on the floor? Yeah. And play the piano at the same time with your nose? Who said that? Mr. Coops. Ah. He's just sore because I wouldn't let him be in the act with me, that's all. You should have heard him beg and plead with me, Wimp. But I said, I'm sorry, Mort. Get up off your knees, boy. You just ain't got what it takes. My goodness. To be a success in showbiz, Wimp, you got to have charm, personality, and a certain savoir faire. You know, brass. Oh, I can imagine. So that's why I've been waiting for you, my boy. You ever been in showbiz? Me? Oh, why, why, goodness, no, I wouldn't know. Showbiz? (laughs) You've got just the personality for my act, boy. All you need is the kind of expert coaching I can give you. We'll go out there tomorrow night and murder him. My, that does sound exciting. What, uh, what do I have to do? All you gotta do is listen and do as you're told. Oh, that's easy. I've been doing that all my married life. Good. We'll go into rehearsal right now. I got all the props and everything right here. Molly will be back in an hour or so, and we can try out the act on her. Ah, showbiz. I've always wanted... Now, look. Here's your funny hat and your baggy pants. You run in there and put them on. I'll get the record player set, and we'll put the music on. Back to Whistle Vista in a minute. Some drivers like to travel at night because the highways are less crowded than in the daytime. Do you? Well, if so, you're courting danger and should be extra careful. Although far fewer cars travel the roads at night, the death rate per vehicle is four times greater at night than in the daytime in proportion to traffic volume. If you must travel at night, use the utmost caution. Most of all, slow down from your normal daytime driving speed. This minimizes the danger of accidents. In fact, 11 states already have taken the added night hazards into account by requiring lower maximum speeds in the hours of darkness. The two biggest factors causing an alarming increase in night accidents are bad driving vision and excessive speed. Safety experts say that more than 20 million motorists have bad driving vision at night whether they realize it or not. About 3 million of these drivers have vision so bad that it renders them dangerous when they drive a car after dark. Avoid driving at night whenever possible and at all times drive as though our life depends on it. It does. comes Molly, Wimp. Get set. Oh, I'm so nervous, Mr. McGee. I don't think oh, I can... you'll be fine. You'll be fine. She's at the door. Okay. Let's go. It's me, McGee. I tell you, dearie, I've never been in all my life. Hey, what's going on? 
going on? Hello, Meyer. Hello, Steve. I hear you have a new baby at your house. Has he come this day? I guess so. He has all his clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Wimp, the cowboy hat's now. I'm texting your slim. Well, I get my boxing gloves on. Now you start. I hear you can jump. Oh, I mean, Andy. Ah, uh, here you got a job, Tex. Yep, working on a ranch, Slim. Working on a ranch, see? What you doing with the boxing gloves? I'm a cow puncher. <laughs> <laughs> well, Molly, what do you think? Uh, I think he's good. Of course, those pants don't fit him very well. Well, they're not supposed to fit. They're supposed to be baggy for laughs. Oh, but yours fit. Well, I can let him out by tomorrow night. <laughs> I guess I was a little thinner back in them days when me and old Fred played the palace. Oh, my did you and Mr. Nittany actually play the Palace Theater, Mr. McGee? It must have been a thrill. I'll never forget it, Wimp. The place was jammed. Everybody in town was there. Them rickshaws were lined up for three blocks. Rickshaws? <laughs> in New York? This was the Palace Theater in Hong Kong. <laughs> Our agent, Charlie Hippo, forgot to read the fine print. We played on the same bill with Charlie Fu and his all-geisha orchestra. Great band, real crazy. You should have heard them gals play Dardanella. Something you'd never forget. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> well, Wimp, you done pretty good with the jokes. Oh, thank you, Mr. McGee. I've always wanted to be in showbiz. Ah, yes, showbiz. Now, the next thing, Wimp, every class act like mine has to have a little tap number in it. You know, like a little dancing to keep things moving. Moving? There's an old saying in vaudeville, Mr. Wimple, keep the show moving. That's because a moving target is harder to hit. If you told one of those jokes and just stood there... No, no, that's not it at all, Molly. It figures... I took a correspondence course in how to be popular one time, and there was a little tap dancing in it. I don't... If you just it. know a few basic steps, boy, I can teach you. You get that record of T for two out, will you, Molly? That's the tune I and Fred Nittany introduced, you know. And since then, every guy that's trying to prove he hasn't got two left feet does a tap routine of that number. Here's the record, dearie. I'll put it on. I'll pull the rug back for you, Mr. McGee. Swell. Now watch this close, Wimp. I'll show you. Mr. McGee. What's the Christmas tree? Just slipped a little. The floor is slippery. See, Wimp? And, and right along in here, we, we used to do a, a break. Pretty tricky. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's just a sample of what I mean, Wimp. Right in there where I quit, I used to always do a break, see? We used to try to teach that to amateur. Too tough. That was wonderful. Yeah, go ahead and try it now. You don't have to be as fancy as I was, just just enough to give me an idea. Okay, Molly, play the record again. I'll surely try hard. I'd love to join your act and be in showbiz. I'm a little out of practice, but it's coming back to me now. Oh! <laughs> Goodness, McGee, look at that. Yeah. Heavenly days on one foot. Yeah, it's showing off now. Just look at those spins. Why, he's fantastic. <laughs> well, that gives me an idea of what you can do, Wimp. You were just wonderful, Mr. Wimple. Oh, thank you, Mrs. McGee. Did I make it, Mr. McGee? May I be in your act? Well, I'll think it over, Wimp. There's a lot of things to consider. 
Dancing ain't everything, of course. The jokes... He told the jokes beautifully. I thought he was very funny. Well, there's more to it than that, of course. A good act needs a good contrast. Contrast? Yeah, you know, I and Wimp, we're, we're built a lot alike. Ought to have one fat guy and one skinny guy, maybe. Like Abbott and Costello, for instance. Oh, I'd love to be in it. Showbiz is always... Well, I'll let you know, Wallace. I probably ought to give Doc Gamble a chance at it first. You know, to be fair. I'll let you know, though, Wimp. Yeah, I'll let you know. Don't call us, we'll call you. Of course, Doc can't dance and probably can't tell jokes, but with my talent, he'll make a good contrast and with the right coach. Tibber and Molly will be right back. Here we are almost at the end of another year. Probably a lot of you hearing my voice tonight were part of the progress of 1953. At NBC, we feel that 1953 brought even better radio programs into your homes, and we hope that you agree. Tomorrow night, we know you'll be ushering out the old year and seeing in the new. Why not set your radio dial to NBC for a panoramic picture of celebrations across the nation? NBC will bring you orchestra pickups from the top nightclubs and hotels from coast to coast as the young New Year chases father time across the country. So whether you're having a party or celebrating all by yourself, let NBC provide the music, noisemakers, and entertainment by leaving your dial tuned right here to the station where you hear the familiar three NBC chimes. And then on New Year's Day, be sure to join us for the world-famed Rose Parade from Pasadena, California, the Cotton Bowl football game from Dallas, Texas, and the Rose Bowl football game from Pasadena, all on the NBC radio network. <laughs> Did you talk to Dr. Gamble, McGee? Just on the phone, Molly. He was real excited about it. I'm going over in the morning and showing the act. That won't be a bit too soon to get yourself a partner. The show's tomorrow night, isn't it? Yeah, well, you run on up to bed, Tootsie. I'm going to read through these jokes again. All right. But now, if you wake me up in the middle of the night like you did last night with why does a chicken cross the road, this chicken is going to cross the road to Mabel Toopsis for the night. I won't. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed for Bill Thompson as Wallace Whipple. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Tonight, hear Morgan Beatty and the News of the World on the NBC Radio Network. हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर धमाकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रिफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट्स दाइन्थे फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी फोर विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम ओंगली ऑन जी